Pets Animal Radio, celebrating our connection with our pets as we do every weekend. Hey, thanks for joining us. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know if your pet's okay, doing good. If you have questions, we certainly have the Dream Team answering questions right now. In fact, we have Tina on the line, and Dr. Debbie's answering her question. Hi, Tina. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? Very. Oh, what a nice southern accent. Where are you calling from? Kentucky. Kentucky. You are on with Dr. Debbie. All right. Thank you for taking my call. Well, what can I do for you? I have a Rottweiler that has irritable bowel disease or syndrome, and he's okay. nine years old, and I was wondering... We've been doing prednisone, and that seems to help, but we just can't seem to get him to gain weight. Okay. And now I'm going to back up a little bit. You said he has irritable bowel syndrome. Uh-huh. Um, now, what, what particular signs does he actually have? Um, he usually has it in the summer. This has been his worst summer so far, uh, to the point where we've had to have medication for him. Okay. Um, He's lost quite a bit of weight through the summer because of this, and uh, we go through bouts of diarrhea or throwing up or both. Okay. Okay. And did he ever have um, a doctor actually do a biopsy, or are we just working off of a presumed diagnosis of that? Well, he's had all the blood tests to rule out other problems, and we have done everything except a biopsy. Okay. Okay, because the reason I ask is there's kind of two distinct syndromes, and what what we kind of know in people is irritable bowel syndrome is kind of more of a um, more of a psychosomatic type problem where emotion, stress, kind of triggers all the nasty runs and such. Um, when we're dealing with um, inflammatory bowel disease, that's kind of a different syndrome, and that's actually where the digestive tract has inflammation and changes within the wall of the digestive structure. So if we're dealing with something like that, then typically, you know, we're looking for a a biopsy to get a prompt or um, a more specific diagnosis. If we don't have that, you know, a lot of times we will treat just off of ruling out all those other possibilities, things like parasites or um, food allergies or other types of metabolic problems. Um, and, and you didn't mention anything as far as diet, but that is definitely one thing that we can try to address with um, inflammatory bowel disease and, and those type of signs is um, trying to put the pet on a hypoallergenic uh, type diet. Have you had any steps in that way? Uh, yes, we have changed his diet. We've taken him off of anything that has flour in it because I've noticed that seems to set off the cycle. Yeah, and yeah. beef sometimes also irritates him too. You said he's on prednisone as well? Yes. Have um, have we ever entertained the idea of adding another medication in? There's another medication called Imuran, which sometimes we'll add in, even along with a dog that's on prednisone for that type of problem. But it is, you know, it's a, a potent uh, yeah, suppressant on the immune system, so we want to make sure that, A, we got the right diagnosis, and that, B, um, you know, everything else is good, and we monitor our blood and so forth. But that might be something to consider, and I would definitely ask your veterinarian if that's a possibility for your dog, because it okay. might kind of help that prednisone and, and try to you know help him to gain some weight and that's kind of the big problem with this disease is that 
that inflammation in the intestinal wall, it prevents the pet from absorbing their nutrients. In addition to having that nasty mess at the backside, um, it really becomes a quality of life type of thing because they, they don't have the strength, the energy, and they don't gain as well as the average dog. So, mm-hmm. And the other thing, as far as for some pets, we kind of play around even beyond the diets. We'll play with fiber. And for some of these guys, I'll, I'll try that as well. So whether you're adding in something like a, a soluble fiber like Metamucil, for some dogs that might help. I so uh, on an enzyme that my vet recommended, a digestive enzyme. Yes, and, and that was probably a pancreatic supplement. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, and for some dogs, um, the basic idea with that is that it helps them to kind of pre-digest their food um, so that it kind of uh, is absorbed more efficiently in their body. So so that's something as well that, yeah, it might be worthwhile if they've mentioned that and you haven't tried that, I would, I would look into it. Okay. Well, I hope that's of some value, t- Tina, as you uh, battle this problem. This is Dr. Debbie, one 405 8405 Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Am I supposed to talk about this on the air? Yeah, why do you think I handed it to you? Okay, just want to make sure. (laughs) If you are a groomer, listen up. Season 2 of Groomer Has It on Animal Planet is seeking skilled groomers with amazing personalities. Up for grabs, $50,000. Wow. Plus, of course, the Wagon Tails mobile grooming unit. Wow. The email is groomerhasit at gmail.com. Send them an email. Tell them you're interested. We'll put all that information up at animalradio.com. Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, is here with us. And who are you? Uh, Bert Tuttle. Hey, Bert. How you doing? All right. Where are you calling from today? Luxora, Arkansas. Arkansas. Okay, you're on with Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard. Yes. Hello. What is your name again, please? Bert Tuttle. Bert. Bert, are you from Arkansas? No, I'm are from you? Texas. Ah, you're from Texas. I thought you were from where Bill Clinton is from. It's a Russian hero. Okay. Is Bill Clinton a Russian hero? Yeah, Russian. Oh, yeah, they're just waiting. So, you know, they know if uh, Democrats will win, he's going to be or uh, uh, something he's going to do with Russia because Ooh. they're waiting for that. They already supply the vodka and everything and uh, ah. Russian girls and everything. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, go ahead. How can I help you? I've got a Cocker Spaniel puppy. Okay, how old? Uh, about six months. Okay, I'm not the breedist, or racist, whatever it is, but i got to tell you, a lot of aggressive problems we see with Cocker Spaniel in my practice, so I'm glad you called, so hopefully we're going to prevent it and not allow it to happen. And hopefully that's not the reason you call me. No. Uh when we got her from the vet, he thought she had been abused before he got her. Why you and think so? Why she think so? Uh, I don't know. That's just what he told us. Okay. But uh, when we got her, she didn't bark at us or our grandson or anything. But now she barks at anybody that comes in the house. If we take her any place, anybody tries to talk to her or anything, she just barks and barks and barks. Okay. Let me share with you and everybody who is listening to us right now very powerful message. <clears throat> you know, behavior problem in dogs, this is the number one reason why we put, uh, why we are basically reading out of the pets or sometimes unfortunately even putting them down. 
And aggression is number one reason for that. And the people getting to the aggressive behavior step by step. And step number one, the dogs start to bark. When they start to bark, they're telling us, so they're in charge. They are police officer on duty or security officer in charge. And this is the starting point. Bark is already bite, but hasn't been connected yet. So we should take it very seriously. At six months, your, dog, uh, your puppy, kind of uh, like old teenager, is showing territory, territorial and dominance behavior. Uh, I don't think any... Uh, um, I respect what your vet said. Uh, he, he's right. But in this particular situation... It has nothing to do to him being abused or something like that. So let's we classify it. So the, your dog is barking when somebody knocked the door. I've, I'm pretty sure of this. Number two, your dog is barking when he sees something is moving in the backyard and he see it and start to run back and forth and moving back and forth. Your dog is barking when you taking him for a walk and he seeing other dogs. Tell me if I'm wrong. No, it's it's just people. She doesn't bark at the dogs or anything. But uh, if she sees something, if she sees another dog uh, through the window, will she bark? No. Just the humans. Yeah. It's, when anybody comes in the house, mm -hmm. or like we take her any place with us, okay. As long as uh, nobody tries to talk to her or mm -hmm. get close to her, she's fine. But as soon as somebody tries to talk to her mm -hmm. or tries to pet her, she starts barking. Okay. So take it very seriously. What I would like you to do first. I would like... Do you have some crate in your home? No. No. Get the crate. Little one. No plastic. Just a metal. Complete. So it would be open crate. Put her please in the crate and ask your neighbors and friends every five minutes I want someone come to your home. And that someone needs to bring like great treats. I would like... I would love to use in this situation piece of the Polish kalbasa. Yes. You're not the Polish, yeah? Yeah. You do Polish? Yeah, I like Polish kielbasa. But you're not the Polish man? No. Okay, because <laughs> Polish men think he knows everything, so hopefully you're not, you, you don't no. fall in that category. Okay, so you, you take the Polish kielbasa, or you can have, at the worst case scenario, American hot dogs. <laughs> so, so you expect Russians to say something good about Americans? You're never, you're never, you're never gonna. <laughs> okay, have have hot dog, cut it and fry it with butter. No, I'm serious. With the butter and garlic powder. Okay. Uh -huh. And after that, we're gonna use the double conditioning by Russian academic Pavlo. We're gonna put that kalbasa, prepare special, special in special special way, into the cellophane bag. You can use like a cellophane bag from Cookie or in other, any cellophane bag. So like a yeah. Ziploc bag, right? Yeah, but Ziploc doesn't make too much noise. Okay. So we can something more noisy. Okay. okay? So we're going to put this kalbasa in and every person who comes in needs to carry it with him approaching to the crate sidewise. See, the dogs approaching to each other sidewise, never frontwise. Oh, really? Yeah, frontwise is very threatening. So you need to approach mm -hmm. sidewise, no eye contact, momentarily kneel down, Kneel down and preferably allow that dog sniff your butt. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Yes. Sniff your butt. It's very important because when the dogs sniff each other's butt, it's kind of calming signal for them because they can get all information they need without any intimidation from another species. So kneel down, allow them to sniff you, and after give them sidewise 
uh, kalbasa, which comes from that bag. But before you give the kalbasa, what you do? You gotta make the noise, yes? You know, you know, Judy. Ah, you know, make you the noise with the bag. Exactly. Right. You know, you give your, you you give your uh, cat sometimes treats. Thank you, thank you. That's conditioning. Oh, they know Pablo. the sound of exactly. that bag. Exactly. Yes. You open, you open the drawer. You know, the cats know the cat food is coming. Yes. So if you look, if you will associate, see the thing is, if the stranger approaching to the crate, it takes the time. The dog can bark, but if the stranger approaching can make that noise. You know, the dog see that good things is coming. Ah. They're already anticipating. Now, uh-huh. that any time your dog bark in the crate, you should punish it for his behavior. Mamintel, reach over the crate, smack the crate, not the door, make the noise, ah, boom! The dog looks at you, say, good boy, or good girl, whatever it is. And so you're the bad cop. The people are the good cops. Organize the party in your home, maybe pizza party, call your, your neighbors, friends. Once, <laughs> put the vodka, whatever you want. <laughs> put, bring five, seven people in the evening. It calls contra conditioning to make your dog to love what he hates. Okay. He, he, Russian academic Pavlov made the dog salvate. When somebody come and push the doorbell, you make your dog go nuts when somebody comes and push the doorbell. It's so easy to recondition. Just do vice versa, and do and do the, do this counter conditioning with floating. It means use uh, uh, five ten people very quickly, one after another. That's all together will work. Okay? Yeah, we'll give it a try. <laughs> nothing, nothing to try it. You have to do it. It works. Okay. Okay. Thank you for calling us. Uh, thank you. There you go. Vlade performs another miracle. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. We're going behind the scenes with the office's Jenna Fisher. And so I always say, I say I'm an adult human, and I have to protect my food from my my pet cat while I'm eating. I have to like guard my plate because I've taught him very bad manners. He's allowed to walk on the table during dinner, ah. which when I have dinner parties, then you know I have to put him back in the bedroom <laughs> because, or if he jumps on the table, I act like it's the first time he's done that. Ah. I'll go, oh my goodness, I don't know why he's doing that. Oh my, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bobby Hill from Animal Radio. The holidays are coming at us full speed, which means lots of treats around. But most treats aren't good for your dog or cat. Not just leftover Halloween candy, but leftovers altogether. What you should be giving your furry friends is something that is good for them. FlexPet. It's the most effective and comprehensive joint formula for improved mobility with CM8. It works for both cats and dogs. FlexPet also has a money-back guarantee, the best one in the industry. FlexPet is so confident that you will see improvement in your pet's mobility, they're giving you a three-bottle guarantee. No time limit like the others who require 30, 60, or 90 days to return. Right now, you can buy two and get one free. Ask about the special. Call 1-800-END-PAIN. That's 1-800-363-7246. Call FlexPet now. You won't forget the phone number. It's 1-800-END-PAIN. I'm Bobby Hill from Animal Radio, and I wouldn't tell you about it if I didn't believe in it. FlexPet. 1-800-END-PAIN. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. 
the Red Cross is helping protect our pets. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by AFS, real food for real pets. Visit AFS online at animalfood.com. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at caninecaviar.com. That's www.caninecaviar.com. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. I'm not going to waste any time. We have a dog trainer to the stars. Remember him from, the what was it, Greatest American Dog on CBS? Yes, he worked with Presley, the winner. Steve Brooks joining us. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Very good. Of course, you've trained pooches of the likes of Robert Downey Jr., Cheryl Crow, and uh, uh, Cheryl Teagues. But she actually turned down Hillary Duff. What was that about? Oh, that was only because, well, several reasons. One, I was too busy, and I just didn't have room at the time. And the other reason was uh, she, there's a, um, she didn't really want to be involved in the training. I think she was on the road or on tour, and she wanted me to to work with the dogs, but I, I don't mind doing that if afterwards I could show the owner what to do. But if you can't really show the owner what to do and you just train the dog and you hand them back over, the training usually goes out the window. So it doesn't I like work. To work with the owner afterwards, but she was unfortunately on the road. It just didn't work out, basically, for several reasons. T- tell us about some of the stories, some of the people that you've worked with and their animals. Oh, well, I work with, I've trained thousands of dogs, all different people. Um, I love working with celebrities, but it's just fun. It just comes with the territory. I was born and raised in Hollywood, and I just, you know, when you live here your whole life, you just meet a lot of people. But, you know, the dogs don't know that uh, the owners are celebrities. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people are people either way, but it's just fun. It's a lot of fun, and they're all sweet dogs. But since you want some celebrity stories, uh, you know, there's just some funny things, like Robert Downey Jr.'s dog. It was it was a while back, but he had a Rottweiler named Bonnie, a uh-huh. beautiful Rottweiler named Bonnie. Um, real brilliant dog, just real easy to train. And I have tags that I put on the dogs that stay here that say, if lost, call Steve Brooks Canine Use. So when they, you know, if anything happens, they can call me. Sure. So a few weeks down the road after Bonnie graduated, I got a call from some frantic people that live up in Studio City, and they said they found a Rottweiler in their bed. It broke through their screen door. It came in their backyard, broke through the screen door, and was sleeping in their bed. Oh, my gosh. I come, and it turns out that it's, uh, it was Bonnie. It was Robert Downey Jr.'s dog. I guess his girlfriend was keeping it, and it got out of the yard and ended up in somebody's bed. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, that happened to Robert Downey Jr. as well. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was fun. Um uh, let's see, Cheryl Teagues um, just rescues dogs, and so does William Peterson. I don't know if people know that, but they're just really big on rescuing dogs and helping out, you know, the rescue world. Uh, uh-huh. I've had some of William Peterson's dogs here for months and months on end, training them, trying to find homes, and we finally finally did. There was one dog named Joe Pete, a big pit bull that was with me for about six months, and they just seem to, uh, yeah, rescue a lot of dogs. Um same with, you know, Cheryl Teagues and uh, Verdine White from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh-huh. Um, he's a bass player. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, his dog, he had a beautiful pit bull 
And uh, that dog, uh, it was named Duchess, and a uh, beautiful pit bull. And I don't know why he gave me this request, but he wanted me to teach the dog in Swahili. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he wrote down all the commands in Swahili, and I learned them. I can't remember any of them now, but uh-huh. it, was, it was a really cool language. It, was, it, it seemed to work with dog training. Same way uh, people use German with dog training uh-huh. a lot. It's just kind of a, it was a, just a sharp, nice language. Dog responded to it very well. And I, I wish I would have remembered where I put those words, but uh, yeah, we taught him all the commands in Swahili. You don't remember any of them, huh? I really don't. Okay. I really don't. But uh, I, what can I say? But that was fun. And yeah, he was a great guy. You know, I asked him if he wanted to jam because I'm a um, I'm a drummer as well. And you know, I recorded an album with my dog. And my dog plays piano, bass, and guitar. He did before he died, anyway. Oh, he, he uh, you know, he, and uh, I remember Verdine White loved my CD of my dog music, so I asked him if he wanted to jam sometime. You know, he's the guy on Earth, Wind, and Fire, and that would have been great, but you know, that never happened. Did but, you uh, did you record any of the uh, planes with you and your dog? Oh yeah, I have a CD out called Canine Fusion. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, it's all dogs playing real music. I mean, my dog played the piano, bass, and guitar, and sang human English. Oh, very cool. I'll tell you what. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to play a little of this CD here, if we can. Okay. Hold great. on. Hold on for one second. Steve Brooks joining us from a Greatest American Dog, the celebrity trainer to the stars on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A British woman was recently shocked to find that someone had given her guinea pig, named Fluff, a haircut. At first, Becky Strank thought that her other guinea pig, named Ginger, had actually eaten Fluff's hair off. She took her less than fluffy guinea pig to the vet who told her that his hair was not cut by another guinea pig, but by a human. The mysterious haircutting caper is being treated as a case of criminal damage. Becky says it's been an upsetting ordeal for Fluff and for her five-year-old son who keeps on asking where Fluff's hair went. Becky kept her guinea pigs in a cage in an unlocked garage, and although the haircutting mystery hasn't been solved, she's installed a lock to keep away any future haircutters. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. a cut from Steve Brooks' CD he did with his dog. What was your dog's name? His name was Sven. S-V-E-N. Sven. Love dog. Sven. And you were, uh... Now, what, what instruments were you playing? Well, I just played the drums. And the drums were the only human element on the CD. Ah. Uh, everything else was either grunts and groans and squeaks and snorts and sneezes and yawns, you know, from different dogs, as well as my dog played the real instruments over the top. He played, you know, piano, bass, guitar, and like I said, sang human English. Did, did you train him to do this? Oh, yeah, yeah. How long did it take to do that? Well, I actually did a lot of it in his senior years. He was... Uh, Around in twelve, uh, nine or ten before he learned piano, he he lived to twelve, but he did have cirrhosis of the liver and a tumor. So his last several years, he was quite ill, and I just wanted to get all this on tape so people would believe that my dog really could play instruments and sing. Sounds like you're up to a lot of fun stuff. You have a website, I forget. It's Steve Brooks K9U dot com. That's S T E V E B R O O K S 
The letter K, number nine, letter U, dot com. And, of course, we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show at AnimalRadio.com. Steve, thanks so much for joining us. Hopefully we'll speak to you again in January. Great. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Where's the chihuahua? Shh. She's in my office sound asleep, I think. Is that why we're talking so quiet? Yeah, but you know what? I bet I'll go in there and my office will be just trashed. <laughs> <laughs> it's Animal Radio, one 405 8405 Vladdy, the world-famous Russian dog wizard on the way, as well as Dr. Debbie answering your medical questions, and animal communicator Joy Turner. Boy, she's really turning out to be a big hit. Making the phones ring, and she'll be answering your questions, or actually talking to your animals. Whether you believe in this or not, you'll want to check it out. And Bobby, what do we got coming up? We're going to take a look at a recall that's going on with Hearts Mountain and their rawhide chips for dogs. Also, we're going to tell you where Ratchet the Puppy is. I'm coming in the newscast. Okay, get ready to write this number down. one 405 8405 Hi, who's this? This is Evan. Hey, Evan. How you doing? I'm doing really good today. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Evan, thank you so much for calling to the annual radio. You sound very intelligent person. What do you do for a living? I am an owner-operator, Vlade, and I much appreciate the, um, the kudos on that. Yeah, you, you know, I'm like a psychic hotline. I can momentarily figure out who is calling me. So what the state you are from? I'm from Minnesota. Ah, Minnesota. I've I never been in Minnesota. But oh. it's a wonderful state. I mean, I love California already. It's just too hot. I'm the sweat here. Oh, yeah. then you'll love Minnesota. <laughs> it gets a little bit cold there, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, like I like a little bit more cooler weather, like back in Russia, you know. Uh, I like <laughs> Absolutely. So how can I help you? Yes, buddy. I've got a, a miniature pincher, and she's about three years old. Mm-hmm. She. And I, she has a really bad, developed a really bad habit. When we stop to let her out of the truck, she has a bad habit of um, like pulling on the leash where I where I get concerned of uh, her choking, mm-hmm. and so we can get into a pro- appropriate place to uh, let her um, get outside the truck and and uh, feel a little freedom. And I need to keep control of her, but I get concerned of her tugging on the leash. Okay. Trying to get to like the walking area. Uh, you know, this is the <laughs> this is the so easy dilemma you deal with. Uh, with this is one of my strongest point. How to teach your dog uh, stop uh, pulling on the leash and walk with you next to your leg in less than five minutes. And you know, a lot of times probably you hear something on the radio in less than five minutes and less than five. And you, we never <laughs> believe in that anymore. Yeah. Yes, but in the reality, it is. You know, you guys yourself saw it. How I do it. And now let me describe you very quickly how to do it. And you also can go on uh, YouTube and type Vladi, which is spells V-L-A, D like dog, A like Apple, E like Edward, Vladi. And you can come up with a bunch of videos, free videos, which shows some type of the techniques how I'm using to teach the dog walk on the loose leash without pulling literally in a couple of minutes. So you need to get the proper equipment, uh, the color which you're using, must be smallest prong color and pitch color of German version, which is the highest quality, will never harm your dog, will never scratch your dog. With the quick release, Germans 
pinch color combs. They're normally mimicking the doggy mom's teeth. And you can get very tiny, very small of them, so it's not going to look nasty and such and such. Uh, and after that, has a six-foot leather leash. Make sure the leash is slack. And let your dog just go whatever the dog wants to go. Before the leash tights, momentarily turn around in the opposite directions and uh, lift, like slightly with the left hand, do that flick, like snap. Create the, See, the way how we're using the leash, it is just like a element of communication. It's not the compuls- compulsion device or compulsion techniques. You're just using surprise factor. Surprise create attention. Attention create respect. You have a respect you can teach. So the dog goes in one direction. You turn around, snap the leash. The dog goes back to you. The dog was the leader. He became follower. And you just kneel down and say, good boy, praise a couple of times. So reverse directions do every time opposite what the dog does. The dog is ahead, you reverse, you snap, you praise. The dog is ahead, you reverse, you snap, you praise. Do it a couple of times, he will stay next to you and like a baby. Make sure before you do anything of this type of the maneuvers, look at the YouTube uh, because it uh, sounds easy, but it has some type of details involved. Thank you very much, Vladi. We're on YouTube right now as we speak, actually. So I do appreciate your time. Well, you are the man. You are the man. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. you. We have more Animal Radio on the way. If you're a pooch that needs a unique gift for that special person in your life, OurDogHouse.com will give your human something to bark about. Paw on over and check it out today. Find out what all the dogs are howling about. OurDogHouse.com, where distinguished pups do their shopping. Whether you're an Airedale or a Yorkie or any breed in between, you'll find something to put your paws on. Drop by today and sign up for our free informative newsletter for dog owners. www.OurDogHouse.com Hello, this is Dom DeLuise, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Love your pets, they'll always love you back. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Simple Solution. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. The Hearts Mountain Corporation, makers of chicken-based rawhide chips for dogs, is launching a voluntary recall of that product. The company said earlier this week that there are concerns some of the bags may have become contaminated with salmonella. The recall affects only the two-pound plastic bags of rawhide chips with the lot code JC23282. That's JC23282. So far, there have not been any reports of dogs becoming sick. A Florida veterinarian has received a grant from Feeding Pets of the Homeless to treat and vaccinate pets in his community. The Ocala Animal Clinic will implement a pilot program with the objective help keep the pets of indigent people of Ocala with them. Two local agency brothers, Keeper and Interfaith, will be providing veterinary exams, minor medical treatments, and vaccinations to dogs and cats of the homeless on a weekly basis. The Iraqi puppy rescued from a pile of burning trash by two U.S. soldiers is now home in the Twin Cities. Ratchet, the six-month-old puppy Army Specialist Gwen Bayberg rescued, arrived at the Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport last Thursday and promptly took a nap. The puppy (laughs) reportedly was exhausted after the long flight that went from Baghdad to Washington to Minneapolis, and the little guy just fell asleep near the baggage claim. Bayberg herself is due to leave Iraq in November. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. (laughs) Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Simple Solution, with a tip for pet messes. For liquid spills or urine stains, blot up the excess by starting on the outside of the stain, then move toward the center of the affected area. This will prevent the stain from spreading. Celebrating our connection with our pets. (laughs) 
from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And of course, your dream team of experts, Dr. Debbie answering your medical questions, Vlade answering your dog behavior questions. Uh, We have Joy Turner taking you to the other side, even if you have a question for that that animal that's passed. Okay, I'm a skeptic, so I have a hard time saying that. But, you know, there's a lot of... I'll tell you, the phones ring off the hook when Joy Turner comes on the radio. That's all I can say. You know, you talk about everybody does everything. What do we do? We just... Uh, we're like ringmasters. Oh, okay. Masters of ceremony. Okay. <laughs> and, I, of course, Ladybug is learning to take our jobs. She'll be doing that very soon. <laughs> She's getting ready to step up to the mic. She's certainly qualified, I can tell you that right now. Hi, Rhea. How you doing? I'm very good. How are you? Very good. Where are you calling from? From Montana. Montana, you are on yes. with Dr. Debbie. Oh, great. Um, I am calling about our dog, Leo. He is a Lhasa Apso. Um, he's currently five and a half years old. And this started when he was approximately three years old. We had no problems. And then all well, of a sudden, one day, he was running around the yard, and I noticed he started limping. Okay. And I immediately took him up to our vet. I had guessed that maybe he pulled a muscle or something like that. And... Um, we have the most wonderful vet, and he did a wonderful job, but couldn't, like, feeling it, manipulating it, couldn't get him to wince or jump in pain at all. So he went ahead and did an x-ray, and in the x-ray, he found it's the left front ulna bone is where it is, and there's, like, an inch and a half of just, like, a gray shaded area in the middle of the bone. It doesn't touch the outsides of the bone at all. Um, and he was pretty concerned about it. And he sent the x-rays to a radiologist uh, in Minnesota, and Mm -hmm. that radiologist's report was pretty scary. (laughs) He thought that it was um, a pretty advanced form of cancer, Um, but my vet encouraged me to to seek additional advice. So we took him to a state university, to the oncology department, and they did, um, I don't remember what the official name of the test is, but it was basically like going down into that bone and getting a sample of what was there. Okay, kind of like a biopsy? Yes, yes. Okay. And they are just kind of baffled. They initially thought it could be some kind of an infection, like a bacterial infection, um, but it's not. And they they also suspected cancer, uh, but it's not. (laughs) So for the following year, they had me do x-rays like once every three months and submit those to see if there was any change. And there's no change. Um, okay. But periodically, he is in pain. And, and he's on, just, in pain I'm, only on that leg? Only on that leg. And it is okay. very random. And it's not real frequently. I'd say like maybe a day a month. Um, okay. And they gave me some options. They suggested that I could remove the entire ulna bone. They said it's not a weight-bearing bone. Mm-hmm. But I don't know where it's just once a month, if that's a really good idea or not. And I'm worried as he grows older... If that's a procedure that I should do, should I do it while he's younger, or should I just kind of wait this out? Okay. I, I guess I, I'm mostly curious. You said they did the biopsy, and were the, the findings on that were inconclusive? They could not say Correct. one way or the other? Absolutely. They said it was not cancer, it was not an infection, and then they literally they joked and they said, his bones are kind of bouncing around the university because nobody <laughs> could figure it out. <laughs> Well, in, in overall, um, does he, when he's in, uncomfortable, is it one day? Does he have a span of a couple days where he's having a problem, or does it seem grouped up? 
generally it's just a day. I have had sometimes where if we're outside, like camping and playing a lot, swimming, um, doing a lot of exercise, then it can extend to, I think the longest was three or four days where he was limping on it. And during that time, we usually give him like a baby aspirin a day. I've tried Rimadyl, and mm-hmm. that did absolutely nothing. Um, and besides that, I just kind of, if he has a bad day, I kind of try and keep him quiet and let him rest, and then he's totally over it. Okay. All righty. And then the other questions I was going to have for you here is as far as the pot- potential for infection. Um, a lot of times when we look at these kind of kind of black spots on an x-ray when the bone should look nice and white and we see a kind of a black patch um, and they kind of mentioned some concerns with infection we worry about bacterial infection but we also worry about some fungal infections um, and, and that would be something that I want to make sure that you know uh, I'm sure at the university setting they've looked at that and they've tested as much as they could for that but that would be something as well um, that I would look at it for him um, and has that size on the x-ray, has it progressed with time, or is it still staying about the same size originally? It's the same size, no growth at all. Okay. Well, I mean, there are some kind of uh, bony cysts that, that we do occasionally see in dogs, and uh, most cases they're not terribly uncomfortable for them. So um, the other possibility for discomfort in the front leg, in some of these little guys, especially Lhasa's and Shih Tzu's, they do have what we kind of call twisted bones up there. Um, they have that little bit of what we call a chondrodystrophic uh, change. So their front legs kind of bow in a little bit, um, and that sometimes can kind of throw throw things out of whack as far as alignment and can cause them some discomfort. And that might show up intermittently after exercise or play. Um, And it's kind of hard without seeing him and feeling him, but that would be something as well that I would consider. And I don't know if I I would advocate, you know, doing a a bone biopsy of that nature. Um, I think I would really make a decision based on how Leo's feeling. And if he seems to only have an occasional problem with that, and that mass, that change in that bone isn't getting any bigger, uh, I'd have a hard call in making that uh, decision to do that orthopedic surgery. Um, it's probably the most cautious thing. <laughs> um, right. But when we're talking about, you know, trying to do the the, the least harm, um, you know, I think we could probably uh, do a good job of monitoring that. Now, um, I would encourage you with Leo is I would really want to see about, you know, if he's having trouble limping, there's other things outside of aspirin or Rimadyl. And I kind of hate to hear when people use aspirin because, you know, it is a wonder drug uh, for people, but there's so many better alternatives now for pets that have less stomach side effects and less potential for causing ulcers in the stomach. Um, and there's some really good ones. Uh, a, a favor right now is one called Prevacox, um, which I've had some good success with some of my patients, and it's actually made by Marielle. Um, it's a non-steroidal, which preserves some of the stomach upset and some of the kidney problems. Um, and there's other ones. Medicam is another one I like for little dogs because it's in a liquid. Um, but that might be something I would kind of lean towards if you have a you know an ouchy time for him when he's out and really active. Okay. And what do you think there would be any value to continuing to do like an x-ray a year to just monitor the growth or 
Is that Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely stay on top of that because if there is a change and that, that area looks bigger or it's expanded or changed in any ways, then I think that tells us that we need to, you know, really kind of step things up a bit. And it sounds like you've done a fabulous job in making sure you've uh, made sure that with all reasonable means that that's not something you need to address right now. Um, so, yeah, I, I keep up with that recommendation and, you know, track it with x-rays because that's the best way we can stay on top of that. So hope that turns out okay for you. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405. Owners may pass superbugs to their pets. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting. People can get plenty of diseases from animals, bird flu for one. Now there are signs that dogs and cats can catch a dangerous superbug from people. At a large Philadelphia veterinary hospital, scientists report that over a three-year period, 38 dogs and cats and other pets caught a drug-resistant staph infection. They think six of the animals caught the bug from hospital workers, but it's likely that at least some of the other cases were spread to pets by their owners. The animals were infected with Staph aureus, a bacterial infection that's typically hard to treat, although all pets recovered. They included 26 dogs, 8 cats, and the dogs developed a skin and ear infection. The cats got a urinary infection. In people, the germ often appears as a nasty skin infection that can also cause other symptoms. Researchers don't know if the bacteria spreads from animal to animal, although dogs do not naturally harbor it. The veterinary and human medical schools began a study of the health of pets and their owners just last year. For more than a decade, medical journalists have carried occasional reports of animal to human and then human to animal transmission of such infections. Looking for such infections in animals and their owners is a new endeavor and still very much in its infancy. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys on Animal Radio. Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to spay and neuter your pets. Remember, the advice you hear on today's show is for entertainment purposes only. Please be sure to consult your own vet regarding your pet. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by NAPS, the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters. Let NAPS help you achieve your dream of a financially rewarding and fun job by providing you with the education and tools you need by visiting www.petsitters.org. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Safeguard Canine Dewormer. Did you know that your dog could have intestinal worms even if he's on a heartworm prevention program? For more complete protection, deworm your dog twice a year with broad-spectrum Safeguard Canine Dewormer. To find out more, visit www.safeguardfordogs.com Okay, time to check out that website I heard about. www.safeguardfordogs.com There it is. Hi, I'm Don. The virtual host is a nice touch. It looks like these links and videos cover everything a dog owner might want to know about intestinal worm infections and how to prevent them. Hmm, here's a savings coupon for Safeguard Canine Dewormers. 
and even an online reminder service. Better bookmark this one, www.safeguardfordogs.com. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Hi, Joanne Worley on Animal Radio. Hello! And please spay and neuter your pets. Be a responsible pet owner. As a matter of fact, spay and neuter your friend's pets also. Give it to them as a Christmas present. What a good idea. In a Vinnie Penn coming at you once again, your party animal on Animal Radio. I wanted to read you this email that I brought in. It's, it's actually just from a friend I haven't talked to in a long time. It has nothing to do with uh, my segment here on Animal Radio, although you can certainly feel free to email me at uh, in care of Animal Radio or at Vinnie at VinniePenn.net. But uh, it's a girlfriend of mine I haven't talked to in a while. I actually worked with her uh, many years back, and she's telling me how she recently broke up with a boyfriend of hers. They've been together a long time. And at one point, this the most ridiculous word pops up. And for all of you dog owners out there who got a dog uh together with your uh, as as a sign of commitment in some dating relationship this word comes up and it's the stupidest word known to dog owners visitation yes they have broken up and now they're trying to determine what the visitation rights will be so they can both spend time with their dog with their 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 dog sarah sarah of course is named after uh is short for serendipity because that's the first movie they went to see together, uh, a John Cusack movie with Kate Beckinsale. That's trouble right there uh, when you're you're naming the, the animals after uh, the, this one the, the wonderful time they had together, this one wonderfully romantic night. But, but I, I digress. Uh, so now they're discussing visitation rights. Uh, um, he's keeping the dog since it, it was technically his dog to be. He had just gotten it when they first started dating it. But uh, there was an adoption process. I would imagine at some point these freaky people who do the visitation thing. I, I would imagine there was adoption papers, a little ceremony, a doggy treat with a with a, a ribbon around it. I don't know, whatever. At this point, though, she wants to know when she can see the dog. How often could the dog stay with me every other weekend? And there's a lot of crying and this. Uh, if you ask me, this is just a, another way to stay in the. You shouldn't need visitation rights for the dog. Much as the dog may love the two of you, I mean, there's there, there's really no debating this as far as I'm concerned. She got the CDs. He got the dog. End of story. To come around, especially for a girl. I don't want to give my my girlfriend a hard time here, but she was the she the your standard cut the cord woman. 
Oh, him and his mother. He's got to cut the cord. Got to cut the cord. Well, then, my friend, you must cut the cord with Sarah and uh, just move on. <laughs> Visitation rights for a dog. I don't know. That, that that strikes me as, I mean, what if you bought an appliance together? I want to come over. I, I need to see the refrigerator. It's stainless steel. I remember the day we moved it in. It was a wonderful day. We ate Chinese food on the floor. It was the first thing we bought. Uh, I'm coming over next Thursday. Don't be there. Leave the key under the mat. I want to spend time with stainless steel. Uh, I want to spend time with Dippity, the refrigerator. <laughs> I'm Finny Penn, Party Animal, Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. This portion of Animal Radio brought to you by Flexin. Eliminate joint pain from your pet's life at FlexPet.com. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. They're hated, feared, and misunderstood. Still, they just keep laughing. They're hyenas, Africa's most common large carnivore. That means they eat meat. But hyenas aren't picky. They also dine on bones, hooves, hair, and even the droppings of other animals. They're also into cannibalism, which means they eat other hyenas. Female hyenas are dominant and outweigh the males. In ancient Egypt, hyenas were domesticated and eaten. Some African folklore depict hyenas as supernatural. They have their own way of communication using calls, howling screams, and that laughter they do when they've found food. A sort of hyena dinner bell that can be heard up to three miles away. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. It's Animal Radio, one 405 What a serene picture. Finally, your dog is asleep. Giving you a little hard time there for a second, wasn't <laughs> she? She was being a little pistol today. She doesn't understand when mommy has to go on the air. No, she doesn't understand. She's, or she's maybe she does. Uh, maybe, yeah, there you go. She is awful smart. Dr. Debbie's answering your questions at one 405 8405 Hi, Joan. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Seal Beach, California. Oh, lovely place. Yeah. You're on with Dr. Debbie. I know. Isn't that cool? Well, hi there. What can I do for you? Okay, Debbie, my dog was just diagnosed with diabetes about a week ago, 10 days ago. And okay. I got her on the insulin and the the food and I've got it. I got went online. I got some menu. I got some di- uh, diet for her because I don't want to give her that can- canned stuff all the time. But he gave me this canned stuff for the uh, for like ten days or whatever. I've got to go back tomorrow. Here's okay. the deal. Uh, I'm having a little bit of a financial problem. Is there any kind of a program that can can maybe help me out with this? Because okay, I, as I far put as with fifteen hundred dollars last week, and I'm going to have to put out another three hundred just for tests tomorrow, and you know it's you know, and I, is this ongoing or how does this work? Because I've never well, had it. Depends. What, how did you, your pet start off with the diabetes? Um, where she lost um, a lot of weight in the summertime, so I see, okay. and she was drinking a lot of water, and so I figured it was the heat. Okay, that acceptable. Okay. 
So mm-hmm. then she was hungry and hungry and hungry, and I kept feeding her. I was giving her real good food. Uh, nothing, I'd get it right from the pet shops, really good good kibble and, and meat, chicken mm-hmm. uh, with no salt or beef, you know, nothing from the can. I, she's like, I take care of her like a baby. Anyway, so she kept getting thinner and thinner. And then I had. And what kind of dog is she? She's a miniature pincher. Okay. She's four years old. So oh, I did, you know, I was going to get the insurance, but I figured I'll get it when she's seven or eight. But she's a tall min pin. She's a red, a tall red. She's okay. not one of those real tiny ones. So she was 19 pounds and she dropped down to 12. Oh, yeah. And diabetes, it, it's definitely, when we first diagnose it, it can really get a hold and be quite debilitating where we can lose weight. You know, the increased thirst and urination is excessive where the pet will be up at, through the middle of the night. And, and it really depends. Some initial diabetic pets, when they're first diagnosed, are kind of at their worst. Um, so sometimes that initial investment is pretty substantial. Um, for other pets, we might catch it before they really get what we call to become a sick diabetic. Um, for those pets, it might not be as costly. But in the end run of things, um, diabetes is a chronic management disease. And just like with people, we know that there's going to be problems that come up. So we can have kidney problems, blood pressure problems, heart problems. So I would always like to prepare someone that has that diagnosis of a pet with diabetes that we are facing a lifelong um, problem and there is a lifelong investment so it hopefully will minimize as we go on but um, you know there are definitely those complications urinary infections and you could be spending two hundred dollars you know for a urinary visit on that date so they do kind of crop up here and there and, and I hear you that you know it is hard when you kind of have that unknown yeah, but you know she's I live alone and I'm on fixed income I'm a widow and she's she's my companion so mm-hmm. I'm Between a rock and a hard place, and I I just can't put her down at this moment. I just love her. And if if she seems to be doing okay and managing, then I would encourage you to work with your veterinarian. The number one thing I would say is, as best as it's within your ability to follow their recommendations, because the more swiftly we can get her to a regulated state, then the better off she'll be and the less problems you'll run into. Um, now, as far as the financial side, I, I probably don't have any specific recommendations for your area, um, you know. But there are some different funds with different veterinary organizations. The American Animal Hospital Association has one called the Helping Hands Fund, um, and some veterinarians do uh, participate participate in that um, for something as open-ended as a, a diabetes problem I don't know how much that can help but oh. but you can look into that but um, you know the, the better you can do to keep her diabetes under control then that that definitely will be um, you know the best way I can imagine to minimize is there, that is there a phone number for this helping hands um, I don't have that on air right now um, but we can look into that for you we'll find it see. for you um, but definitely, you know, even to talk to your, your own veterinarian for some local resources. Um, unfortunately, something like this, you know, you mentioned pet insurance, and that is a great thing if we're on board with pet insurance before we get this diagnosis. Right. But after right the fact. Now. Yeah, it's kind of like shutting that barn door after the horses run well, out. You know um, what? But her teeth are good. She's perking. She goes on three, four walks a day. And the vet says, as long as I keep her active, I might have to cut, I can cut back. She's on three units of insulin two times mm-hmm. a day. And he said, I might be able to cut back if I keep her active. 
Yeah, and, and he might have been even getting out when we keep our diabetic pets in lean weight. So if we're not chubby, it helps to decrease the need for insulin and it makes them a better regulated diabetic. So yeah, I would say keep her in good weight and keep that exercise up and, um, you know, work on that diet because we know that diet can help a lot with pets that have diabetes. So Joan, I know you're, you're, you're battling a long-term thing here and I, you know, I, I hope it turns out well for you, but many diabetes Diabetic pets go on to live healthy, happy lives with the right care. So uh, keep up the good work. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405. This is Animal Radio Network. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People's published 10 times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the Industry Watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. It's me, Brinkley, the Bernese Mountain Dog and CEO and founder of Brinkley Books Incorporated. Why don't you come visit my website, www.brinkleybooks.com. Be my friends and spend a day in the life of Brinkley. Order a copy of my first book, The Tales of Brinkley, The Burner, the beginning of which I will personally potograph. More tales are coming this year, given of the heart, and remember, think Brink. I said enough. Hey, gang, this is the Money Man, Eddie Money. Make sure you spay to your pets and keep the dial right here to Animal Radio. It's the greatest station in the world. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. It's Animal Radio. Ladybug is playing with uh, Judy. Little squeaky toy. You can hear that in the background there. She just learned how to work it. Now she won't stop squeaking her toys. She can make it squeak now, huh? Yes. Very cool. Hey, did you hear about uh, the prognosticating camel we had on two or three weeks ago? Is now eight and zero. Eight and zero for wow. NFL picks. Wow. Do you uh, do you have a pool down there at the uh, the clinic, doctor? Uh, you know, no, uh, I do not. But hey, that might be something we need to get in on. <laughs> this is uh, is this her third year doing it? Princess is her name, 
And I believe this is her third year doing it. She has a great record. I think this is her best year, and we're keeping track. Because yeah. if I had money to bet, I would bet, but unfortunately, uh, the banks all have my money. Well, see, I think the guy's just wrong. I think he needs to get the camel to pick the lottery ticket. Lottery numbers. Yes. Ooh, there's a good idea. Let's get Something him on the Something really worthwhile. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. Hi, Pat. How are you doing? Hi, good, thank you. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Tennessee. You are on with Dr. Debbie. Hi, how you doing? Very good. What can I do for you today? Um, I heard a caller call in on your show a while ago and mention that they had a dog who had cracked his teeth because they were chewing on some bones. Uh-huh. And we give, we've got a miniature schnauzer who's got very powerful teeth, and uh, we give her those Nyla bones. They're the really hard plastic ones. And she okay. goes through those like... Every couple of weeks, we got to replace them. And I was wondering if those are good for her, if we should be using something else. Well, in general, I think those are really good substitutes when we're talking about the alternatives from, you know, true bones to finding something that's going to be an acceptable alternative. Um, and I think the Nyla bone products are really um, pretty durable. But if you're doing what it sounds like you're doing when they start to show some signs of pieces being chewed or kind of getting broken down, that you toss it and you replace it. Um, because you can even still run the risk that, um, you know, a piece of that bone could get chewed up and swallowed and cause an obstruction. So if they're starting to really get um, some significant damage on that item, no matter how good it is, <laughs> it's best to replace that. Um, and, and you could still feasibly maybe have a situation where um, a dog could crack a tooth on something like a Nyla bone. But um, if they hold up fairly well um, through regular use, then you'll have less of a problem with that than, say, a, a meat bone or steak bone. And there are some different types of the Nyla bones and the Nyla products. Um, a lot of those types of things, like the Kong toys, um, I'm a real fan of those. If, if your schnauzer is really um, a, an avid chewer, I think those kind of products hold up very well. Um, the main thing is we want to avoid toys or chew items that have little corners um, that have soft parts that can be broken off easily and then with some of the edible type bones you know we watch to make sure that you know they may be edible um, but we we have to watch out because some of those corn based corn starch based bones or um, potato bones carrot bones all of those things can cause just as much a concern what about rawhide Uh, you always hear rawhide's trouble uh-huh. Yeah, and you know, I, I like rawhides, but I like them in the right uh, use. Um, I'm not a real fan on those little flip chip kind of things um, or the knotted rawhides, but I do like there's a type of rawhide that's a compressed rawhide. And if you have a dog that is an avid chewer and needs to have something to gnaw on and maybe he's not a fan of some of these things like the Kongs or the Nyla Bones, compressed rawhide is the next best thing that I like to use. Um, my labs, um, it could take them hours to get through one versus, you know, a regular rawhide would be, you know, 20 minutes or less in their <laughs> big, strong jaws. So, yeah, I think that that's a good alternative as well. This is Dr. Debbie, Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Bob Barker on Animal Radio, reminding you... To help control the pet population, have your pets spayed or neutered. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. If you're a longtime Animal Radio listener, you may know we've just moved our studios. We're in Central California now. 
Woohoo! And part of moving is finding a new vet. It's not so easy, is it? We haven't done that. We've been here, what, since July? <laughs> we, we found some vets. We've interviewed some vets, uh-huh. which is something I strongly encourage if you're going to look for a vet. Go, go down and meet them. Just call up and say, hey, I, I don't want to bring the animal in. I just would like to meet the vet. Ask them a few questions. Picking a vet can be a, a tough thing to do. We have Dr. Nancy Kay on with us, Speaking for Spot in her website and book, speakingforspot.com. Hi, Doc. How you doing? I'm great, Hal. How are you? Hi, Judy. Hi, Doc. Can you give us some tips on picking a vet? We're having a hard time. Absolutely. And how I, I heard your suggestion that you actually pay a visit to the veterinary hospital. We call this an introductory interview. And veterinarians certainly expect it. That's the best way to go in and get a sense of the veterinarian as well as the veterinary hospital. In addition to meeting the veterinarian, you want to kind of walk around and see that all the animals that are housed there look happy, that they have nice, comfortable bedding. You want to see smiles on the faces of the people working there. Are they a happy staff? Mm. If they're a happy staff, then chances are they're going to treat you and your wonderful dog a whole lot better. When you think about veterinarians, what's important to think about is do you want a young vet with enthusiasm who's really well-versed in cutting-edge technology, or maybe you prefer someone who's a seasoned veteran who's really amassed a great deal of experience See, I want both. Intuition. I want both. <laughs> and you can find both. <laughs> you actually can. Um, do you want someone who's a mixed animal practitioner so they can take care of, of your entire menagerie? Do you, do you want a veterinarian who just works with cats because some cats are, are scared of dogs? So... Um, some some dogs actually prefer women to men, and Hal, I hate to tell you this, but it's rarely the other way around. <laughs> so you may want to choose a, a woman veterinarian. Um, here's here's another key: Are you a better fit with a doctor who offers forth really every available option, or do you prefer a veterinarian who makes strong recommendations? Um, you may do you remember Marcus Welby, MD? Oh yes. yes, he practiced what's called paternalistic medicine. Basically, he said, there, there, dear, this is what you should do. Mm. Whereas what many people prefer today, especially those people who want to be involved and have approached things in more more of a collaborative fashion, they prefer relationship-centered care. And that's where the veterinarian, rather than saying, this is what you should do, the veterinarian's job is to explain every single option the pros and cons, risks and benefits of every single option, and then leave it up to you, the person who shares your heart and home with the dog, to really call the shots. You are the team captain, and the veterinarian is one important member of your dog's health care team. Okay, now just like any other profession, there's bad bad people, bad vets, bad cops, bad lawyers, bad mechanics. There's what should we be looking for? What's telltale signs that uh, we've run into a bad vet? I hate to tell you this, Hal, but there are some of my own veterinary classmates that I wouldn't let near my dog with a 10-foot syringe. <laughs> um, <laughs> just as with our own health care. Uh, so here's, here's the thing to do is to go to the dog park and be a fly on the wall. Uh, when you go to the dog park, you hear people talking either politics <laughs> or uh-huh. they're talking about their veterinarians uh-huh. all the time. And one of the things that I strongly recommend is if you have a centralized emergency care facility, meaning a 24-hour facility where you can take your dog for overnight care, a hospital that receives emergencies, go there with your hands filled, your arms filled with baked goodies. It is a form of bribery Uh, to get in and talk to the staff 
and find out who they recommend because they see all the med- medical cases. They see all the mistakes, mistakes, snafus from all the veterinarians in their community. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're pretty reluctant to give you a name, but mm-hmm. if you say, here's a list of the five veterinarians in this community that I am, rec- that I am thinking about, they may point to one or two, and you can be sure that those are extremely reliable recommendations. I've never heard that before. That's an excellent idea. I know staff at emergency hospitals everywhere will be hating me for that, but maybe (laughs) not, because if you come in with baked goods, they'll probably think it's wonderful. Mm. (laughs) On our minds about now with the economic crisis is the cost of uh, really raising our pets and the medical care associated, and of course, uh, as the medical care becomes more advanced, more technology is available, becomes more expensive. Now, if there's one way to piss off our uh, animal radio vet, Dr. Debbie, is to start talking cost, how much it costs. Yes. Uh, it really is like a soft spot for her. Boy, it, who isn't thinking about finances these days? This is such a timely question, Hal. And here's what, what I encourage people to do. I encourage people to lay their financial cards on the table. It's pretty hard discussing your bank account with someone that you don't know very well. But I think it's so such a good idea to let your veterinarian know where you're at financially because invariably there's more than one option. Let's say that your dog has a torn cruciate ligament. It's a very common uh, knee injury in larger dogs. Well, there's, there's about five or six different ways to treat that knee injury. There's medical therapy. There's all different types of surgical procedures with varying costs. And if you can't afford the top-of-the-line $4,000 surgery, you darn well are entitled to know about all those other options. So it's not necessarily an all or none kind of thing. The other thing I'm strongly encouraging people to consider is if you share your life with a dog or a cat and you're inclined to take the do-everything-possible approach, it's time to investigate pet health insurance. Mm. And these pet health insurance companies have come a long way. They're doing a much better job. They used to suffer from the slow-pay, no-pay reimbursement policy. Mm-hmm. What your listeners should know is unlike in human medicine, there are no third-party payments. So you, re- you pay your veterinarian for the services that you've received, and then you're reimbursed by the insurance company. And some insurance companies are doing a really good job of that. So if your dog has that $4,000 knee surgery, wouldn't it be nice to receive approximately 80% of that out-of-pocket expense back? Ooh, how do we avoid the companies that aren't paying uh, back clients. You got to read my book, Hal. Okay. It's all in there. <laughs> it's speaking for Spot. Be the advocate your dog needs to live a happy, healthy, longer life. It's by Dr. Nancy K. She's joining us. She's a specialist in the American College of Veterinary Internal Medicine. I was reading the uh, the inside of the cover, and apparently you were part of the San Quentin State Prison, uh, Humane County. What, 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 what's that whole deal? What's the proper name, first of all? Are, are you giving your listeners the idea that I spent time in San Quentin? I hope not. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. What are you saying, Hal? No. Uh-huh. So Marin County, for those of you who don't know, is located approximately 40 minutes north of the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh-huh. That's also where San Quentin is located. Marin Humane Society does a bang-up job, and one of their programs is what's called the Pen Pals Program. And they send dogs that require a little bit more socialization and training, perhaps are recovering from disease processes, and so they, they before they can be adopted. So they send them over to San Quentin Prison. It's good for the inmates. It's good for the dogs. And Sandy, who's the cover dog on Speaking for Spot, was one of the original Pen Pal members. In fact, 
uh, her, the inmate that worked with Sandy, when he would put her on a stay command, the release command from that stay was the word parole. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Speaking for Spot is the book, Dr. Nancy K. I have 10 copies to give away at 1-866-405-8405. Now, I've said this before. A lot of books come through here. Most of them are pretty humdrum. This is one of them that will make it to the Animal Radio Library. Oh, thank you. It's uh, a very beautiful book, well done, uh, well organized, with a lot of important information you should have, especially if you're picking a vet or you just uh, want to know a little more behind the, some of the things that you won't find in the normal books. Doctor, we appreciate you spending time with us today. Judy and Hal, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Vladi. Let me introduce to you the new concept to the real pet food, AFS. AFS is a true miracle meal. All natural ingredients, 100% complete and balanced. No artificial flavors, no coloring, no fillers, no gluten, and absolutely no preservatives. Discover what the magic of the real meat can do for your pet's health. Visit AnimalFood.com. Have you been dreaming of that special career that not only offers you great financial rewards, but is also really fun? You've found it. Pet Sitting is becoming one of the fastest growing home-based businesses in the country today. NAPS, the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters, can help you achieve that dream. NAPS will provide you with the education and tools you need just by visiting www.petsitters.org. That's NAPS at www.petsitters.org. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And really, we're just the hosts. It's a dream team of experts that's helping you with your behavior problems, your medical problems, whatever problems you got. Or maybe you just want to call in, check in with us, say, hey, my pet's just fine this weekend. We love the show. 1-866-405-8405. Every weekend, Vlade performs miracles. And he's performing miracles this weekend for you. Hi, who is this? Hello. Hi, who is this? This is Steve Henderson. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Good, how about you? Very good. Where are you today? Uh, today, I'm in uh, Ottawa, Illinois. Illinois, are you a driver? Yes. Okay, do you travel with your dog? Uh, I have my little one with me, my little miniature schnauzer, but the uh, terrier mix stays at home. Okay, and are you calling about the terrier, huh? Right. Okay, well, Vladi, are you ready to perform another miracle? I am always ready. Okay. Hi, Steve. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. Are you a truck driver? 
Yes. Okay, you have a very difficult job. Very exciting, but very difficult. Because I was driving uh, probably three and a half hours from Newport Beach, California, where I am located, to uh, whatever the animal radio studio located. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought I was driving back to Russia. I was <laughs> I was exhausted. <laughs> so really, three and a half hours put you out there. It was uh, it's a long drive for you, huh? For me, it is. You know, yeah. because back in the, it's like Europeans. They're like, you know, they're crazy. You know, they they use the trains and all this yeah. thing. We don't drive more than one hour somewhere. Not wow. in California. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that, Steve? Oh, I do ten, eleven hours a day and love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love your accent. As a matter of fact, it's even better than my accent. <laughs> okay, how can we help? Yeah. I have a uh, uh, Scottish Terrier Cocker Spaniel mix. Oh, that dog is the nuts. Yes. He's, I know he's that. About, he's about eight years old now. Oh, you're dealing with that for eight years. Boy. Yeah, I've, I've tried everything I could come up with and everything everybody's ever told me, but I can't stop him from climbing a fence getting out of the yard. He, he wants to He wants to, uh, He wants wants to. to just escape, yes, from your backyard? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he goes out. If I can catch him before he gets over the fence and yell at him mm-hmm. to stop, he'll stop. But as soon as I turn my back, he's over the fence. And once he's outside the fence, there's no hope. He's not going to stop. He's not going to come. Okay. He's but just gone. There is there is not such a thing. There is no hope on the Vladi shows because even if your dog is untrainable, I do train untrainable. Even if your dog has a D- ADD or learning disabilities or whatever it is, we still are going to fix it. Because it's all about establishing right boundary and right relationship. That's what I'm going to ask you right now. It seems to me you don't have a right relationship with the dog. I cannot even imagine. So my dog wants to just run away from me and uh, basically escape from me. If my Mika would love to do that, would want to do that, I would just open the door and say, okay, you, you just can go. I don't need the dog like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding or not. But let me t- ask you, what is your schedule is? Are you spending enough time with your pet? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm home for uh, three days a week, but I mean, I, I've only been driving for about a year and a half now, and this has been going on for eight years. Okay, it's happening when you are driving or when you're home? When, when that behavior is happening? It, it, whenever he gets outside. When I get home, he's so happy to see me. He goes inside, lays under my feet, he wants mm-hmm. to be around me. But when it's time for him to go outside, I open the door, he goes out, he goes straight over the fence. <laughs> Okay, if something nice on beyond the fence, maybe a nice girl or a canine girl, I mean, or something, something attracting him there or nothing? I, I assume that's what he's looking for, whether he's finding it or not, I couldn't tell you. If he's, if he's a neutered? No, he's not. Ah! You are busted. <laughs> you don't need to call the Vladi to know that. Hell, even figure out, even though he's the cat person. <laughs> well, why haven't you got him neutered yet? Just never did. I mean, he needs to be, but we never got around to it. You know, he's always. I mean, I've lived in three different places, and I've been in this house here for four years now. Steve, and Steve, you don't everywhere. Everywhere we go, he doesn't know what a boundary is unless we keep Steve, him Steve, inside Steve, Steve, and Steve. put him. We Steve, can put him on a leash and walk him out and bring him back in. But if he's free to go in the yard. 
Steve, it's not about the boundary, okay? You can fix that thing. Just you can put invisible fans, basically, and it's gonna it's gonna stop him. You can call any invisible fans company. It's not expensive to do in your backyard, and you're gonna you're gonna address that symptoms. But this is not the cause of this problem. You gotta deal with the cause. You know, I see I see how a lot of males really own have a problem with neutering their pets. It's just yeah. males' problem. I don't know why. I always ask my <laughs> ask the clients. I say, listen. You're the male, and how would you percept like like uh, being the man and not experiencing the sex? Ooh. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah, you know that. And on top but, of that, you know, and on top I of that, an, go ahead. I tried an electric fence one time, the the invisible fence thing. Uh huh. And he jumped over that, and when it shocked him, he just took off running until he was out of range, and it stopped shocking him. Uh, I think I think it was happened because they did not do the right uh, things. I mean, you have to call them back if you want to do that, and just you know they can pre-adjust it, they can change their distance, change the power. It's still possible to fix it. But the fact of the matter, Vladi, is that he won't be jumping looking for love exactly. if he's neutered. Exactly. Is that what you're saying? I agree. I agree. So we always can stop the lonely barking dog, for instance, from barking with the electronic shock collar or whatever it is, but we're not going to make their life their more, less lonely. will not improve their life. Stop focusing on, on the symptoms. Let's look at the cause. Let's neuter that dog and make sure he will be happy dog. And of course, the other important thing is its health is at risk here. Not only are you talking about birth control, but uh, lowering the testosterone levels will lower the chances for prostate cancer. Exactly. Could live a couple of, a couple of years longer there, too. Exactly. Yeah. I totally agree with well, this. I, I've heard, I don't know if it's true or not, that a dog that old, if you wait that long to neuter him, that he doesn't realize he don't have them anymore and still keeps on looking. You know, it's a very rarely. You know, sometimes God open the door, close the window. But as a general rules in this situation is just do it, okay? And you're gonna yeah. be you your dog gonna be better off, and you're gonna be better off. And if you wanna on top of it readjust invisible fans, do it. But make sure address the symptoms just if you address the cause, okay, Steve? And okay. you got you gotta do this. Okay. Thanks for calling. Thank Steve. you. Bye. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. It's Animal Radio. Thanks for joining us today, Vladi, the world famous Russian dog wizard, on the way, as well as Doctor Debbie answering your questions. Right now, Joy Turner, animal communicator, is with us. Hi, Joy. How are you doing? I'm fairly marvelous. I believe we have Lisa on the phone with us. Hi, Lisa. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are y'all? Very good. Where are you? I'm in Atlanta. In Atlanta, and you are on with Joy Turner. Hi, Lisa. Hi. How are you? I'm marvelous. Can you tell me who you'd like to talk to today? Well, Annabelle, my miniature dachshund, who I am just so attached to. It's I've had dogs all through my life growing up and never been so attached like I am to her. There's just something about her. She is almost human to me, and I get ragged a lot from family members because I treat her like she's human. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I think that's a perfectly normal thing, so don't worry about what anyone else says. Oh, uh, good. When she eats from my plate, she drinks my tea with me, she's <laughs> all the things I'm probably not supposed to do, but, you know, she's she's my best buddy. And well, To me, if it she, works for you and her, that's what matters. 
It does. The only problem is she's a little bit overweight, and I feel guilty about that. I feel like it's my fault because I do treat her quite a bit. Okay. And I just wonder if I'm shortening her life by doing so. She says, are you asking her that question or are you asking me that question? Her. She says, well, this gives her a conundrum, which is um, she's not quite sure how to answer because there's two answers to the question. One is if you listen to all the experts, they would say so. Mm-hmm. They say, but she wants you to understand she is extremely happy. Oh, good. And in her mind, the happiness outweighs the number of years in body. She said, look at it this way. You can be miserable and live to be 100, or you can be delightfully happy and live to be 5. Which life would you rather have? I'd rather have the happy one, but I want her with me forever, and I'm afraid that's not going to happen. She said, well, she is going to be with you in spirit forever, but you know full well she can't be with you for your whole life in this same body of hers because it just isn't programmed to last as long as yours does. But she is happy. She says she is so far beyond happy. She can't even come up with a word for it. And she said, you know, to her... She can always, if this body decides to not work for her anymore, she can always go back into her spirit self and get another body and come back to you again. Well, everybody tells me I need to go ahead and get another dog now in case something happens to her, and I don't I don't feel like I should do that. I, she's so used to it being just me and her. She wants you to stop listening to what other people say because she thinks that only the two of you know what's right in your life. Okay. And she said, yes, she's very happy being the only kid with you. She loves being the only one. I knew that. She said, yes, of course you did. You just get worried because you listen to too many other people, she said. So just turn them off. Okay. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Lisa, for your call. Thank you. 1-866-405-8405. If you want to talk to Joy Turner, she's on every week right here with us on Animal Radio. Or you can check out her website at joyturner.com. Joy Turner, Animal Communicator. It's it's amazing that all these people come together on a Saturday just to, you know, celebrate our connection with our pets. Bobby with the news. What, what do you got coming up, Bobby? Hal, we're going to take a look at the celebrities that are rallying to help elephants that are currently in zoos across the country. And also... What's happening to those dogs that were trained to sniff out drugs after they've retired? They're coming out of retirement, and I'll tell you why when we get to the news. Okay, very good. Now, of course, we know Bob Barker is one of those big elephant saviors. Maybe maybe Bob's in oh, the Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. It's like you're psychic, Hal. It, it is like that, almost. <laughs> sort of like that. Wow. Also on the show today, and I'm not sure if I'm reading this right, Judy, it says that you have a frog licker. On yes. the show. Her name's Valerie. Huh? She licks frogs for a living. For a living. She actually uh-huh. gets paid. She gets paid to do this. She goes out in jungles in the foreign countries and she licks frogs. Now, why does she do this? 
to find out if they're poisonous and why. Uh, couldn't there be a better way? Yeah, it would figure just one wrong frog and yeah. you'd be uh, out of a gig. Yeah. It's kind of a short career. <laughs> <laughs> She's on the way here at Animal Radio. one 405 8405 You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Fido Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, think of your dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido Friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Simple Solution. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Celebrities are rallying around pachyderms in California and Texas. Like Hal said on the West Coast this week, Bob Barker and Alicia Silverstone are backing L.A. Councilman Tony Cardenas's effort to move the elephants from the L.A. Zoo to a sanctuary. Cardenas is asking the city council to consider abandoning a three-and-a-half-acre, $39 million exhibit that he originally voted for but now says is too small and instead would like to use the money to build and operate a 60-acre sanctuary. Zoo officials say that the new habitat will be sufficient for their elephants. Council's due to vote on that proposal next month. Meanwhile, in Dallas, comedian Lily Tomlin paid a visit to Jenny the Elephant, who had been pictured in a widely circulated video showing signs of stress. Tomlin is supporting concerned citizens for Jenny who want to relocate the aging pachyderm to a sanctuary in Tennessee. But during last week's visit, Tomlin said she was pleased to see a shade screen now over Jenny's outdoor area, which also had a full watering hole, treats, and toys. Dallas Zoo officials said this was nothing new, and they say moving Jenny would be more stressful than keeping her where she is, although... They were originally planning to move her to a wildlife park in Mexico after her companion had died in May. Thanks to a court victory by environmental... Let me try that again. Thanks to a court victory by environmental groups over the U.S. government, gray wolves in the northern Rocky Mountains have returned to the endangered species list. A dozen groups had challenged the government's delisting two months earlier, affecting the wolf populations in Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming, say it would open the door to hunting. There are now an estimated 1,200 wolves in the area, and those wolves are considered predators by farmers who are in the area raising livestock. Dogs trained to sniff out drugs are coming out of retirement and heading into the bedrooms of teenagers in New Jersey and Ohio. The cannabis sativa sniffing canines work for Sniff Dogs. That's a company founded by a mother who was shocked to find her son smoking the devil weed. Hmm. For just 200 bucks an hour, a handler will let the dogs sniff out illegal drugs in what the company describes as a discreet service. The dogs can smell marijuana, I know. The dogs can smell marijuana from 15 feet away, as well as the residue from a joint toped two days earlier left on the clothing. If the dog does detect any contraband, they sit, leaving the final inspection to the parents. Critics are saying the invasive service may break down family trust. Wow, Judy, I want you to get this lady on the phone, okay? I want to talk to this lady. I want to find out how many kids she's busted. I can tell you the parents are probably thrilled, but the kids, probably not so. (laughs) Probably not so happy about it. But then, seriously, why do you think they call it dope? 
<laughs> I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Brought to you by Simple Solution with a tip for pet messes. For liquid spills or urine stains, blot up the excess by starting on the outside of the stain, then move toward the center of the affected area. This will prevent the stain from spreading. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. You were talking earlier about our next guest. Yes. Who licks frogs for a living, gets paid to lick frogs for a living. Hey, you know, there's some you know jobs that are out there that someone's got to do it. I'm looking through National Geographic now, and I see this is very, very cool. Valerie C. Clark is joining us. You're analyzing amphibian skin secretions. Is that correct? Indeed. Now, what are you doing there? Well, here in Belfast, uh, we're looking mostly at amphibian peptides, whereas uh, before I mostly looked at small molecules um, like these alkaloids um, and the poison frogs. Um, Basically, I don't want to get too technical on you, but we more or less... um, electrostimulate an amphibian or, or put it in a bag and hassle it or do something to make it secrete. Basically, make it feel like it's being attacked by a predator. Okay. And then we get that defensive secretion and um, run it on a really long column, little tiny column, to separate it out in, into the different components. And then uh, from there, use um, different kinds of machines that break up the molecules and uh, patterns that are like a fingerprint to kind of tell you what they are. And um, you can get sequence data for peptides, or you can do similar things for the small molecules um, with other mass spectrometers. Now, are you trying to find out if they're poisonous? You see, that's why I licked them, so that I can <laughs> see yeah. right away, you know, does this uh, particular subject have a, have a good chance of turning up something that has some sort of pharmacological re- relevance or, you know, does it have something in its skin that will ward off predators because all yeah. frogs don't necessarily taste bad and, and you would think then they would be consumed. So I want to, you know, kind of get to the more interesting ones more quickly um, by sampling them, although this, I do not advise this for anybody well, because it can be deadly if you sample the wrong yeah, frog. That's what I'm thinking, just yeah. One wrong frog, Valerie. Uh, wouldn't that? Uh, wouldn't It'll that... probably be the death of me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I always sniff first, as the article says. <laughs> and you can tell by sniffing if there's a chance it could be poisonous. You can. Smell oh, indeed. It? You you actually start to feel in your nasal passages and even your throat some soreness or tingling and that sort of thing. And um, sometimes the odor is so repulsive that I actually you know killed back from just the odor and 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 would not lick a particular frog that um, I was sampling with uh, Bruce Means in Guyana. It was just absolutely too too repulsive smelling to even consider licking. Now, what when you lick a frog, what does it taste like? And what do the frogs think? They must think you're <laughs> crazy. Most people think I'm crazy, and probably the frogs share that sentiment. But, um, well, I don't know what they're thinking, but what I'm hoping they're thinking is somebody might be eating me. Mm. I should secrete whatever defenses I have to okay. make them go away and not eat me. And um, so I actually have a colleague of mine who not only licks frogs, but also nibbles on their legs to really try to mimic a predator. Wow. And now I think he's taking a little bit too far. I, I don't actually nibble the frogs, and I just kind of lick them. And, you know, a lot of times they're caught and put into bags and things like that so that they're already starting to become stressed out. Now, did you but think you would be doing this when you went to college? Did you think you'd probably be licking frogs? 
Um, you know, actually, when I was, I start, I wrote my first article on amphibian secretions when I was 17, and it was published in a hobbyist magazine. And so I've been interested in the subject for um, a very long time. You've been doing it for a while. Yeah, um, I'm not going to say how many years. But, well, I guess they put my age in National Geographic. I might as well. Yeah. So, gosh, since I was about 16, I contacted um, the uh, expert in the field, John Daly. He's just passed away recently, unfortunately. And um, so it's been. 13 years since I've been interested in this subject. and um, What did yeah. you think of frogs as a child? Did you have a fascination with them? Did oh, you ever lick them? Little, uh, ever since I was a little kid, I loved frogs, although I didn't go around licking them at all. Um, I didn't notice that it seemed like um, some of the... What actually got me kind of interested in frog secretions in general um, initially when I was a little kid was that the um, frogs in my um, backyard pond, I noticed that when I first started handling them, they seemed to secrete a lot of mucus and stuff. And then as they sort of got habituated to me, they didn't seem as slimy. And that sort of got me interested in frog skin secretions. And I realized that there had been a lot of research done in this area and that there's all sorts of poisons that um, have potential uh, use as um, therapeutics and and uh, just became interested in that very early on. How many frog lickers would you say are out there? Well, uh, intentional or non-intentional? <laughs> Let's just stick with the intentional well, Doing what you're doing, because yeah. I know in the 70s, you know, that was the big thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, if you include all those types of frog lickers, I don't know. There could be quite a few. I heard it got, um, it was banned in California to, to lick bufo alvarius. That's the Colorado <laughs> River toad, which uh-huh. is known to have uh, hallucinogenic properties. So I don't know how many. Uh, Plus, it really ticks off the frog. Non-scientific frog lickers there are out there, um, but scientifically, there's there's really just a handful of people that that try that technique. Mostly me and Bruce Means, uh, Bruce Means and I. Sorry, and um, John Daly also licked frogs to check them out. He's um, published those results alongside of um, analytical chemis- chemical results in journals, and you know has also used this method to narrow down what. Um, frogs, because you only have so much time in the lab, and and if you know that a frog tastes really bad, there's a better chance that you're going to find interesting chemistry in it. So, um, you know, it does help you kind of narrow down what you want to work. Do on. frogs generally taste that different? Um, yeah, quite okay. quite different. Um, okay. Like uh, I'm trying to think of some examples, but there is one uh, frog that when I was in Guyana, um, Bruce Means handed off to me, and it was this uh, orange tree frog, locally called the taboo frog. And he had licked it and said, whoa, this one's really interesting. And so he handed it to me, and and I licked it, and I go, oh, that's terrible. Why'd you hand that to me? <laughs> and, and it ended up giving us both a sore throat for about 13 hours. It Ooh. felt like a really nasty cold coming on. Wow. And then it just went away. So can you make a living at this? Does it pay the rent? Um, Not very well. <laughs> Being a, a graduate student in general um, is, <laughs> is not a get-quick-rich scheme, yeah. Yeah. Um, to say the least. So, you know, I have I have a bunch of debt and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's fun, and eventually I hope to be a professor and, um, you know, have people doing neat stuff in, in the lab with all these samples that I've already pre-screened uh, by licking them. Um, of course, I take the sample, and then I lick the frog, I, you know, if I... So. <laughs> You don't want to get your spit in the sample. No, you don't. <laughs> you sound like a young gal. Uh, Mom and Dad still around? Oh, indeed. Um, although my grandma recently passed away, which was very sad. So mm, I'm sorry. Mom and Dad. Uh, what do Mom and Dad think about this? My Mom and Dad don't like the idea of me licking so many frogs because they're afraid I'm going to lick the wrong one and kill over. Yeah. And they could be right. Mm. 
Okay. Well, I want to encourage everyone that uh, is do not intri- lick frogs. Yeah, don't don't try this at home. <laughs> if you're intrigued by this, as I am, check out the November 2008 issue of National Geographic. Uh, find one at your library if if you don't subscribe. Has an awesome article on what you're doing. Uh, we want you to keep us up to date with with your lickings. Yeah, well, next is uh, salamanders and other amphibians called Sicilians, mm. um, which are kind of worm-like looking, but actually exhibit parental care and are very interesting in their ecology. And um, these these animals have not really been looked at for their chemistry, and they also are do a good looking. So um, <laughs> do a good looking. <laughs> so Valerie, have you found your prince charming yet? No, I have not. So applications are being accepted at the current time. <laughs> Um, there's a photo of me in National Geographic. Do check it out, and um, I'm sure you can track me down by email. But uh, or Google, we'll put uh, we'll put information, all kinds of information, up at animalradio.com. You can find out more about <laughs> Valerie Clark. Thank you so much for doing what you're doing. Sure, I'm going to keep on doing it. Keep on doing. I, it. Uh, I'm going to keep on ticking and looking. <laughs> you're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more. Ever dream of a home free from pet stains and odors? Haven't we all? Now defending your dream is easier with Simple Solution Stain and Odor Remover. The new and improved Rapid Response Formula works faster and better at complete and permanent stain removal. This new bacterial and enzyme formula is more powerful and more effective for those tough pet stains like urine, feces, and vomit. Your dream is our reality. Simple Solution products are available at pet specialty stores nationwide. Hi, I'm Bobby Hill from Animal Radio. The holidays are coming at us full speed, which means lots of treats around. But most treats aren't good for your dog or cat. Not just leftover Halloween candy, but leftovers altogether. What you should be giving your furry friends is something that is good for them. FlexPet. It's the most effective and comprehensive joint formula for improved mobility with CM8. It works for both cats and dogs. FlexPet also has a money-back guarantee, the best one in the industry. FlexPet is so confident that you will see improvement in your pet's mobility, they're giving you a three-bottle guarantee. No time limit like the others who require 30, 60, or 90 days to return. Right now, you can buy two and get one free. Ask about the special. Call 1-800-END-PAIN. That's 1-800-363-7246. Call FlexPet now. You won't forget the phone number. It's 1-800-END-PAIN. I'm Bobby Hill from Animal Radio, and I wouldn't tell you about it if I didn't believe in it. FlexPet, 1-800-END-PAIN. Listen closely. Did you hear that? That's the sound of peace of mind. Peace of mind that comes in convenient, pre-measured packets of Safeguard K9 Dewormer. Just sprinkle the granules on your dog's food twice a year to protect him against the major types of canine intestinal worms. Monthly heartworm prevention programs alone are not enough. Find out how to get the upper hand on intestinal worm infections by visiting www.safeguardfordogs.com. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. This portion of Animal Radio brought to you by Flexin. Eliminate joint pain from your pet's life at FlexPet.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update. 
Hello, I'm Kay Brown reporting for Animal Radio. Boston's International Airport was shut down and flights delayed, not by terrorists, but by a tiny terrier, a miniature poodle in fact called Chuchi, who escaped her crate while being unloaded from a plane. More than a dozen state police, firefighters, operations personnel and even electricians chased Chuchi late into the night although she was only able to be lured to safety some 17 hours later with a little bit of dog food. Passengers on delayed flights were more amused than annoyed as they watched the little white runaway on the runway evade her would-be captors in what they describe as a keystone cop-type comedy. She was just too fast for them. Pity they didn't call Animal Radio. We could have told airport staff, don't play, Chasey. You'll never win unless you can get the dog to chase you. A 70-year-old South Florida woman has survived a rare attack, but her two dogs and a neighbor's pet weren't as lucky. Authorities say Nancy Hill is lucky to be alive after she and the dogs were attacked by a swarm of what's thought to be Africanized killer bees. They also found 45 pounds of honeycomb in the side wall of her home. Fishermen off the coast of Britain hauled in an unusual catch, a tiny can terrier, strongly dog-paddling against the tide about a mile out to sea. Turns out Freddy is a 14-year-old dog who disappeared during thick fog while on his daily walk with his human mum on the beach. Instead of heading for the hills, the 14-year-old pooch somehow figured home was in the opposite direction and started swimming, even though his owner says he hates water and even avoids puddles. Freddy now has an additional name, Lucky. And Aussie firefighters reckon a little dog named Leo is a bona fide hero after risking his own life to protect four kittens trapped in a burning Melbourne home. Firefighters had to dodge fallen power lines to reach the animals and found little Leo standing guard over the month-old kittens. However, by the time they got him out, Leo had stopped breathing. Firefighters used their own breathing apparatus to pump oxygen into the little dog and were delighted to see him recover. Scientists have discovered what male apes have known since birth. If a female wants to drive the blokes wild, she might want to dress in red. A New York University of Rochester study discovered that men rated a woman wearing red in photos as more sexually attractive, even if it was the same woman in another photo wearing a different colour. Professor Andrew Elliott says this red alert is probably related to the primate urge seen in baboons and chimps where females nearing ovulation display a red rear end, which sends the male primates gaga. Incidentally, ladies, the same study showed that men on a date would spend more money on a woman wearing red than when the same woman wore the same clothes but in a different colour. Now that's useful monkey business. And lastly, the next time someone passes gas, a particularly horrible, smelly, rotten egg-type gas, don't complain. It's actually sending a message that the culprit has great blood pressure. How do we know? Thanks to scientists who study mouse farts. That's right, researchers found that the cells lining mice blood vessels naturally make hydrogen sulfide gas, and this helps relax the blood vessels and keeps the rodent's blood pressure low, preventing hypertension. They're convinced that this gas is also produced the same way in humans, a discovery they're confident will lead to new designer drugs to stop we humans getting high blood pressure. Who'd have thought mouse farts could produce such great results? I'm Kay Brown reporting for Animal Radio. For more information, go to pettalkradio.com.au. This has been an Animal Radio news update. Get more at animalradio.com.
Vinny Penn, your resident party animal, with you once again. Uh, took my daughter and my son, I have a son too, Luke, he's two years old, uh, out to the pumpkin patch way back when, right before Halloween. And it was interesting because they had llamas there, which half of the day I spent calling llamas until finally an irritated parent corrected me. And uh, my children were fascinated by the llamas behind the fence. They had scheduled times when you could see the llama, which I thought was great. They would say, you know, at such and such an hour, come bring the kids by. We'll bring the llama out. So we did it twice because my kids wanted to go back and, and see the llama a second time. They were so fascinated by this creature, as they should be. And I want my children to be fascinated by animals. But it seemed as if they the the, the pumpkin patch scheduled the times that the llama would come out with his bowel movement times because every time the the llama came out it defecated right in front of all of the children and parents could they couldn't they kind of gauge get a better handle on exactly when the the llama would be having a bathroom break and bring him out afterwards no matter how cute i tried to cover it up i'm like well look luke there's the mama llama Ooh, vinnie pen party animal animal radio One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. It's Animal Radio. I believe we have Mark on the phone. Hi, Mark. How you doing? Good. How are you today? Very good. Where are you calling from? Norfolk, Virginia. Norfolk, Virginia. You're on with Doctor Debbie. Hi. Well, hi there. Hello. I, I just have a question. Um, my wife and I we have uh, two toy Pomeranians, and we we just, we switched around their diet probably about a month ago. We went to Nature's Variety which I guess like the instinct, which is, has more of a uh, protein-based meal. At any rate, um, we're, we're also doing uh, raw food, you know, just a little bit like three ta- three of the little uh, tablet things a day. But the big question is, I, uh, I'm, a, uh, I'm a hunter, a deer hunt, and this uh, fall I'm going to go out and uh, do some deer hunting. And if I do uh, bring down a deer, you know, my wife is anti-hunting and, I, and I'm not, but... You know, I told her I was thinking, you know, I was going to bring the deer back, the deer meat back, and that I was thinking about since we have the dogs on the raw meal or the raw meat, whether or not uh, we could uh, give the dogs some of that venison in the pure form, in the meat, because it looks like this uh, the food that we have here is kind of like almost been a little bit dehydrated. It, it, uh, it thaws real quick. But I was thinking we could go with some venison meat. And my wife expressed concern about that, worried about whatever possible diseases might be in the meat or whatever. And I'm just calling to see what uh, your opinion is on that. Yeah. And, oh, gosh, my opinion on raw food diets, I'm not a fan of them. I know that the the argument for raw food diets is that that's what dogs eat in the wild and that's what they were kind of built, made for um, nutritionally. But um, in the pet setting and in a household setting, it is a lot of stress and a lot of effort that is placed on the individual pet owner to become a nutritionist. 
I really don't advocate, not that the venison could not be fed, because there are a lot of venison-based dog food diets out there. But but my concern is that kind of twofold. is One is that we're introducing raw meats into the home situation, which puts not only them at risk for foodborne illness, um, but even yourselves, because anytime that kind of raw diet is fed, you have the potential for bacterial-related diseases um, being passed in the household. The other thing that I have a problem with is that, um, you know, these are little dogs we're talking about. And in most small dogs, um, you know, a 10-pound dog only needs 200, maybe 300 calories a day. So when we start adding all these other things into their food, um, it might be a useful, you know, use of those meat sources so they're not going to waste. But, um, you know, there's calorie needs for these little guys. They only need a small amount of food. And um, I just don't see the need to kind of add in things there. Um, but I know a lot of veterinarians out there may share a different opinion. Um, I, I just I don't embrace that raw food diet. I'd like to uh, go with sound uh, veterinary nutrition that um, you know we know well, has, uh, yeah yeah what we do is we uh, in the morning when I get up, um, I get up early, so I just take out like I said, we just do three of those little little meat uh, tablets or, or I guess or medallions, I guess for each one of them for both of them, you know three and three, and then, if we they, they basically will go back in the cage till I get home or my wife uh, gets home from work, which is usually about five or six in the afternoon. And then we have out the uh, the regular, uh, you know, little regular dog food that you that you see, but it's that nature's variety, which is more the higher protein. And then they'll they'll snack off of that as much as they will. But raw the the raw food, the raw meat portion of it seems like it lasts them quite a while. Um, we have the cat, our cats on the same thing. And, you know, one of the things I noticed right away with the cats is that the litter box, is, it doesn't smell anymore. You know, it, uh, they, they aren't defecating as much. I mean, they still urinate as much as they used to because they're still drinking water, but they don't defecate as much because it is higher protein. And uh, I don't know, it's just I've noticed some pleasantries. Like the dog, dogs, when they defecate, it just, I don't know how to put it, you know, it just doesn't seem as sloppy as it did before. I don't know if that's the proper way to look at it. but Yeah. Well, I mean, and there, I know there are definitely benefits that, that many folks have, have reported. Um, but as far as, I guess, I just fall upon the consistency and in prepared diets and, and knowing that you have a, you know, a nutritionist kind of behind that. And for folks, and there are definitely, especially with this pet food recall um, in years past, there are good resources to help people design if they want to do home cooked diets and, and that is something that you know if I have someone who's really sincerely wants to go that route you know I, I respect that decision I don't agree with it <laughs> but I would want to make sure that we're kind of being educated about it and using some tools um, right. and there is actually a very good veterinary resource which is out to the, the public um, there's a book by a, a Dr. Strombach and that's about homemade diets so I'd want to have some resource such as that or there's websites that can help with a veterinary nutritionist that kind of helps give you guidelines on things because you know there's about you know four to nine different types of supplements if we're calling um, a home food diet a home food diet that you might have to actually add into a pet's food um, whether that's a raw diet or you know just something you're cooking up at home so um, I would Definitely, well, we if you're kind of going that route, be cautious and, and, and look for good resources to help you along that way. Um, but I'm going to tell you, ugh, I'd stay away from the raw diets. <laughs> this is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. This 
is Animal Radio Network.